Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Welcome back to another Unveiling Grace podcast. As always, we are delighted you are here. Um, You can find this and all of our other episodes on the unveilinggracepodcast.com website. So if you missed the first part of this episode, which probably aired last week because we try to do them in order, you're definitely going to want to hear that. But that's all I'm going to say because we want to get into the rest of Brian's story. So I'm Joel Grote. And I'm Lynn Wilder. So this is part two with Brian and Maria Perkins. Brian told us that he was on his knees with a gun at his head. And soon after that, um, God started kind of moving in his life in performance-based religion. And Brian began to feel not worthy in this religion. So take us there, Brian. Okay, so... Um, uh, as I mentioned uh, in the last podcast, um, I had gone for about seven years in this broken state, and it had uh, um, I had reached the point where um, I could no longer pretend uh, to believe, because when I would look at myself in the mirror. Uh, I've always felt like integrity was something I was taught within the Mormon religion. And so I've always valued that. And when I started to feel this disconnect between what I was feeling, how I was, uh, my understanding, what, and what I was feeling, and what Maria was, she was still, uh, you know, t- I think teaching you were with the young women. And what you thought, you be- what you were taught all your life wasn't necessarily the way true history reflected. Right, um, right. Yeah, because you shared in the and last so episode a, that your daughter comes and asks you how many wives asked, does Joseph Smith have, and you go like, one, of yeah. course, <laughs> and then not too much research time 30. later. Right, so you study your way out of a belief system. Mm-hmm. Uh, this and that one can anyway. Happen. Yep. At least yep. this mm-hmm. one. And so I kind of did that, and when I got to the end of that study, I knew I had to tell my wife, and I didn't know how to do it because I was afraid that she would leave me. And you hadn't shared anything to this point. I hadn't shared anything. Oh. One time I tried to talk to her, and I said, you know, I read this interesting thing about Joseph Smith, and, and she'd say, she'd, she said something like, uh, well, that's what happens when you don't go to church, and, you know, the devil yeah. starts During to influence you. During all this time, he would, he would not be coming to church because he was having this problem. And, um, you know, people would say, oh, you know, your husband's a good man. Well, I knew he was, you know, every bit as good a, of man as these guys at church. Um, but it, it was hurtful for me that he wasn't coming to church. I mean, that's what our marriage was based on. We went to the temple as, you know, this this belief system was what our whole marriage was based on. Um, but so I would, during this time he would was doing all this research, I would take time to like just pray. Well, the laundry room was the most private place in my house. I would go somewhere <laughs> where I Your didn't feel room. like I would be able to get walked in on. 
But my prayer would be, you know, just Heavenly Father, I, I know I'm not, you know, we don't do all this stuff we're supposed to do, so I'm not worthy to, to, to ask for any, but please show my husband the truth so he can lead our family, you know, <laughs> under your direction. Right. You know, please show Brian the truth. And, and of course, what, what she was thinking is that I would come back to the church and be the priesthood holder that I should be. Right. And but wanted, God had different plans. I wanted confidence that I was okay with God, too. You know, just please let me know that I'm okay with oh, you. You know, I do was, this I was for praying me. myself like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner, but, yeah. and I just, I'm not being able to fix myself. So just right. let me know that I'm okay with you. And you know, like, if God would bring Brian back to Mormonism, that would be a confirmation that he'd heard you right. and that your performance was at least somewhat close to where it needed to be. Exactly. So that's the thing with this, with a performance-based religious system, we're always like bartering, bartering, and there's never any confidence in the relationship because at any moment right. a circumstance can say, no, you're not worthy, that's everything's right. off. And the right. Holy Spirit runs away and, leaves, and abandons you. Right? And it's like right. a dog turning to its vomit, so you fall down the ladder of worthiness and you have to start all over and yeah. start climbing and so again. It's, yeah, it's just yeah. never So it's just this never-ending uh, wheel that you're, you're kind of on. And so the pressure of all that... Um, I was leaving him every Sunday and going to church, you know, with a three-hour block, and I, I didn't like, you know, that I was going without him. But, you know, I was... That's what you but, did. But again, so the pressure, the pressure from friends and people that she knew in the wanting church. to know what's going yes. on and why can't Brian come back. And my state president called me once and asked me to, if I'd bear my testimony at state conference. And I told him, no, I, I, I couldn't. He said, well, why? What's going on? And so I shared with him what I just shared with you. Mm. And at the end of me explaining all of that, he says... Well, I can understand why you would be mad at God. What? And I'm thinking, mad wait a God. second. This is my spiritual leader, my stake president, yeah. also a friend. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't understand that I'm not mad at God. I think God is mad at me. Mm, right. Mm -hmm. And and that's the weight I was carrying around. And I knew I wouldn't have her. But again, the pressure just built to the point where one night I was laying there most of the night and, and then at about three o'clock in the morning, it's kind of like this. I, I nudge her and it's, hey, honey, are you awake? It's, hey, honey, yeah. are you awake? <laughs> yes. And, um, and she says, well, I am now. Yeah. And I said, I need to tell you something. And I said, I'll tell you as much as you want to know or as little as you want to know, but I have to tell you. And what he's been learning. What I've been learning. And, and this was the first time I ever said it out loud. I told her, I don't believe that the church is true. Now wow. she's awake. Now yeah. she's awake. Yeah. So Our why don't you tell breaking. her what we did for the next... So so he proceeded to tell me, you know, all, all the different things he'd been learning. I mean, it's like we literally spent about 18 hours in the bedroom. Just him telling me uh, all, I mean, he's ah. just, he learned so much. And he was just telling me all the different things he'd learned, you know, I'd go to the now, kitchen for so food. Did you have the kind of relationship with your husband and just knowing how he is, studier, student, teacher, 
so that you didn't have a hard time believing him. So as he's saying this, you're going, wow, if this, what he's, if this is what he's found, where are you in that disbelief, belief? Well, um, I'd been praying to God to, to show him the truth. Yeah. And I had faith that God could answer prayers. That's high praise from a wife, by the way. I had confidence in his you. integrity. You know, I, I felt like he had every bit as much integrity as anyone I would see while I, when I was at church. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was frustrating for me to, for someone to, you know, tell me something like, your husband, he'll come back. or. But anyway, so we spent this 18 hours. I shared with her everything that I had learned. I really dumped it all on her. And at the end of, now here's the, here's the power of a wife who is ready to be in tune with the Lord. Mm. At the end of that 18 hours, she said to me, we need to leave. Wow. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, I felt we like can, God was answering Why don't prayer. we just become he did. less active? I could do that. <laughs> because then, I couldn't because I've been less active. Right? Yeah. And so this isn't going to be any big shock that she now just goes less active with me. And, you know, we've got our both of our families. I was a primary teacher. Third generation you know, in the church. I, that's part of why I, I was relied on for what I did every week. I was teaching the eight-year-olds. But so she said, But she Brian, heard you she and said, she Brian, saw the big picture. If it isn't true, we have to leave. And I said, you're right. So we did. We made the decision that day. Now, you, there's all this unwinding. And what I want you to understand at this point is that this is still just God preparing us. Mm. Because we did not go from that religious community and immediately become Christians. Mm-hmm. What a lot of people don't understand is that it's actually two journeys. There's a journey out of Mormonism. But yeah. there's an entirely different journey Mm -hmm. and and what's so sad is when so many people are twice deceived they they leave and then they they decide there is no god um or yeah well we have made change of religion my daughter went through that my son's going through it now but so we were now we're we're struggling trying to figure out well we're not trying to abandon god we're trying to find him so where do we find him is it in is it in Buddhism is it right. in you know the Eastern? I was in Korea. I studied a little bit of that when I was there. Sure. Um, well, now but, all of a but, sudden, but, all the religious options are on the table, right? <laughs> because Mormonism has said it's all wrong, right? And now, if they're wrong, well, now who's to say? Well, so the problem or, or is or none of them. So the right. problem is without a moral compass, then you start thinking, well, maybe none of it. Exactly. But that didn't feel right to us either. So we did a little bit of searching we around. We met, an, we met an Exmo were. group up in Phoenix. We went to okay. a, a little potluck dinner with them, mm-hmm. and we're, we shared a meal. How, how did you find them? Uh, online. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just, just looking online. Yeah. Just yeah. trying to make contact with people online. Mm-hmm. Trying to find another group of people that mm-hmm. felt the way we did. Which didn't answer <laughs> what we needed. No. So, no, so we went there, and at the they end of dinner, it's like, lost. well, would you like a beer? And it's like, no. Mm-hmm. Not quite there Well, you can now. <laughs> It's, well, it's but like, that's, that's not what not we're, we're looking, looking for. And so we laughed and we thought, well, that's not what we're looking Those for. Those who had made the journey out, but not. But we hadn't found the Lord yet. How does yeah. someone we raise had... a family without the structure of the church? I mean, right. that will, you know, that's right. important. And so that is what makes it so hard. Because like you said, I think it was as you were closing in the last episode, you said that for all your life, 
even if you felt in pieces, your anchor was the church. That's exactly The right. church could be trusted. The leaders could be trusted. So even if you were a mess, as long as you had the church, they weren't going to lead you astray. That was kind of your rock. Right. And right. when that cracked and fissured and became nothing, all of a sudden you have no anchor. You're thrust out into, yeah. now what? So that's exactly right. If that wasn't true, then what is? Nothing's true. And then all of a sudden, this, this I, I started to understand what Christianity was. Ah. That it wasn't a church. It was <laughs> the church it was with a big C. It, mm-hmm. was, it was God's church of people, not, not congregation, not, not, not a building. Not an organization. Not an organization, right. but a relationship. Yeah. So we set aside all those things that conflicted with each other, but the Bible had never done that. Like in itself, we thought, well, we've been learning that the Bible's not reliable, you know, completely reliable, that these other books are the more true books. In Mormonism. But what if right. we just set those aside and, and just, just read just the, Bible, the Bible just for what it says, just the way it says it. So we just read it. And so you start reading, did, and for some reason together. you read a verse that says... That if you continue in my word, then ye are my disciples. Right? And the truth truth. shall set you free. Well, what's it going to set me free from? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Deception. Lies. Mm. That's where. Untruth. Yeah. Right. So... So we... I was looking online and I found this thing. I didn't know what it was. It was called VBS. (laughs) <laughs> and it was it was a little like a little lesson thing mm-hmm. and, but the most important thing about it for me was that it was simple it was where I sure, was in Christianity vacation Bible because, it, because it's simple it says you're a sinner and yep. you need a savior and that's where Jesus came about Okay, that's he came to save me so that piqued our interest again we started going through this this little VBS and we would look up the scriptures and, and suddenly, and we, we had never been to a Christian church. We were sitting on our couch at home, <laughs> having yes, our own Sunday school now. We didn't know where to go. We didn't and want we to just, be fooled somewhere. We yes. just opened yes. the Word of God, yes. and we would start reading, and we would just start crying. The Spirit just overwhelmed us so much that I have read these verses my entire life mm. and never understood a word of it. And now it entered with force. Yes. With power. And and then what we discovered. So I I had a Christian friend, and I started calling around, and he just says, well, you know, I'd recommend you check out uh, this Calvary Chapel uh, because it's just Bible-based, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, just right out of yep. the Bible. It's real simple. Right. No liturgy, no none of the right. trappings it's just you go to you just read the word line by line so so i contacted the pastor here uh david landry and found out that my old neighbor robert castro was the assistant pastor here and <laughs> oh so <my>. so <laughs> we we came out the first week yeah we used to see see them i, I wanted to know how i should dress white shirt and tie whatever we come and this is really <laughs> weird i've never been to <laughs> right because we've got We've got drummers, and we've got a guy playing a guitar, and he's got a real gravelly kind of rock-style voice. And, and they would start worshiping. We couldn't get through worship. We couldn't get through it. Without crying our eyes Because out. for the first time mm. in our entire lives, we were worshiping him. 
just us and him. And we decided that we were never going to be, ever let a man come between us and God again. Amen. Because he is the man. And the Bible says there is one man. That's exactly right. Yes. <laughs> there the is one God Jesus, and one, one mediator, mediator between man That's and exactly God. That's exactly right. The gratitude of Jesus knowing Christ. So we had done a whole bunch of this study, mm. okay? We had started, uh, we would hear these altar calls, you know, that if you, we can just confess with your mouth and believe that God raised him from the dead, mm, you will, will be, be saved. saved right, right now, right, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, yeah. you will be saved. So one day, I went down. We were building a house way down south of town. And I was down there. Uh, it was actually on a Sunday morning. And I was working there a little bit and driving home. I finally had this conversation with God. Now, going back to last week, I, I want you to understand one thing. When I was praying to God for him not to let this man kill me. That is the most sincere prayer I've ever said in my entire life because I forgot about the these and thous. Mm -hmm. I just prayed (laughs) to him, right? to my maker. Whoever he was, I was praying to him. And he answered my prayer that day. Mm -hmm. And so all these years later, I'm driving, I'm coming back home early in the morning, and I just, I finally just said, okay, if this really is what it is, Lord, the all I need to do is accept what you did on that cross. Then I am a sinner, and I need a Savior. I'm broken, and I need help. And there was no lightning bolts. There, were, there was, but there was a wind mm-hmm. that moves over you. Nicodemus talks about mm-hmm. it, or, or right. Jesus mm-hmm. talks about it. He's telling yeah. Nicodemus Spirit blows, about Spirit being blows. born again. Mm-hmm. And... All I can tell you is that when I was speaking with the Lord that day, it was every bit as sincere, more sincere, than when I had a gun at the back of my head. And what I can tell you is from that day forward, mm-hmm. he healed me instantly from what I was feeling, from the brokenness that I was carrying around. I was healed. Yeah. I was healed. And now I could talk with him personally, the way I like to talk with him. <gasps> Because he's not only my father, but he's my best friend. And he imputes his righteousness to us, and his burden is light. Yes, it's so light. And he is the shame taker. (laughs) And in that moment, all the shame that separated Mm. you from who you thought God was, was gone. gone. It was on Jesus, and now... The relationships there. So I think that so, where, so where's Marie and all this? So I think okay. that experience for me, like him when he went down there and then he, he did his prayer. I think for me when I experienced that relinquishing to God was like I said when I would go to the laundry room and just pray. And I was praying, you know, it's like, God, I am a sinner. I'm not making it here. You know, I need you to, you know, yeah. I, yeah. I need to know I'm okay with you. I need to, you know, yes. so that I think he communicated with Brian you know, like he was able to show Brian, because I'm, I was not, I'm not as inquisitive. You know, Brian's right. so inquisitive; mm-hmm. he's always studying. Where me, I just kind of stick in the groove and just do what I believe I, is the right thing. 
where I just listened to, you know, what the things that he learned. And I didn't just only believe it because he was telling me. I could see the sources he was getting his information from. Right. You know, these historians have no reason to write history down wrong. There's nobody doing having any, any kind of agenda for the reason. Right. Well, and, and, I, and what I kind of discovered, too, was that um, the way the Holy Spirit moves is not through feelings in our hearts. It's it's no. it's more like pure thought. It's more like intellect. It's like intelligence. It's like um, well, it's truth. It's it's head. It's it's truth, mm-hmm. and that resonates with with your soul, with your spirit. So that's why I'm ready to leave the church. You know, it's like I've been praying to God. I've been praying for Him to to, and I believe that God was answering my prayer mm. in in showing Brian these things that yeah. I wasn't inquisitive enough to find out myself. Right. And at that point. I'm guessing God has already claimed you as his daughter. He's seeing your sincere prayer, your acknowledgement of who you are and your need for him. And that's why when Brian comes to you, your response is, no, let's not, let's just lay low. Let You're like, no, we have to leave. Yeah, I'm, because, I'm not wanting to leave. Because the Holy Spirit is testifying to you about what the conclusion is. I mean, what you have to do with the truth. That is so cool. Integrity. It's about integrity. You can't pretend. So that was about 12 years ago when we came to the Lord. Um, It's been, uh, he's given us our lives back. Yes. More importantly, he's given us our eternal lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if, if you want me to share at all about what's going on with me now. Yeah, we've got about three minutes. Okay, this will be really quick. So we love the Lord with all our hearts, and he's blessed our lives so much. And um, I was diagnosed two years ago with stage four prostate cancer. And uh, you've lived two years. And so, and I had a brother that was uh, diagnosed at exactly the same time. My brother Rio, and he pa- he was 52 years old. He passed away a year ago, a little wow. over a year ago. Oh, wow. um, so but I will tell you what has happened with uh, with this cancer that I have. It's a wonderful blessing from God. It really is, because I have never loved so deeply or more intently not only my heavenly Father but my family, my children. And and all of those who don't know the Lord, you know, are it's just and and so we're on this journey now to try and repair the damage we did to family relationships when we left mm. to make sure they understand that God is all about love mm. and truth. Yes. And that until you show someone how much you love them, they're not gonna listen to anything you say. Right. You know, they're not gonna understand if they're still stuck in that bubble so the best advice i could give for anybody as you share with those who are deeply ingrained in the religion don't share with them what's wrong with mormonism Mm, share with them what is right Right. with god with the lord jesus christ that is what sets our ministry apart from others that's exactly right that's exactly right so maria What's your response when he comes home from the truck incident, the construction, and he tells you about this? I think I was just already there. Yeah, yeah. she you know, was there. <laughs> yeah, because she's so, always yeah. she's always been kind of the leader. I'm, I, you know, I never did understand why you don't just do what you believe. It just 
you know, right. if you don't yes. believe it, you don't do it. This so. is why God gives us good women. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. So I was just ready to move forward and do what I believed and, you know, embrace the Bible, embrace Jesus, be thankful for yeah. this real Jesus who calls himself truth. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. It invites truth. us into personal relationship with Him. Changes as a life. child. Changes. Right. It's, it's not matters. just. It's not just that He's heavenly Father. Right. Right. In the the way we understood it before, this is Abba, Daddy. This is someone yeah. that I can have a very very personal relationship with, mm-hmm. where I'm and loved. It's me so much. I'm loved despite what I do. The performance exactly. issue is off the table. That's right. That's right. Because this isn't about me. This mm-hmm. is about what he did two thousand years ago on a cross. Mm-hmm. So when people tell me, you know, oh, you're, you know, you're dying. Well, we all are. Yeah. That, that's that's, that doesn't diminish what I'm feeling, what I'm going through. Burden that was but, lifted. But they and then and then should I pray for a miracle? Well, I do, mm-hmm. but I trust him. But the real miracle already took place two thousand years ago. Mm, we you. all are dying of a disease called sin. Mortality and sin is, it, but God cured that 2,000 years ago when he sent his son to die on the cross for us. And if we just embrace that, that's... Take that gift. Eternal life is what he's offering. Yeah. Nothing wow. more to say after that. Nope. And we're at time, so... Well, thank you, Brian, guys. Maria, thank you so much. This has been a rich, rich episode. Wow. Ooh. And so I think we're just going to say thanks, people. This speaks for itself. This Jesus is there, and he's ready and willing to take your shame and to call Amen. you into the same intimate relationship. Amen. Amen. And he himself is hope and truth. That's right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Until next time, join us again for another Unveiling Grace podcast episode. We love you guys. Thanks for being with us. Bye. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.